Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now here's the message. I'll tell you why I really enjoyed this spiritual gift series. I've really enjoyed uh, Brother Bub and Brent last week. Amen. Man, is using their gifts here. Uh, man, we have a team, right? Amen. And uh, I don't know if I'm a starter or a closer, you know? <laughs> it's so great that, that you can have gifts. And it's not filling in as people using their gifts. You're using your gifts. And we learned through this spiritual gift series that every one of you have gifts that have been given by the Holy Spirit when you were born again. When you asked Jesus Christ to become Lord of your life, you became a new creation. He has given you, distributed you, given you gifts. Uh, not just natural abilities, though that sometimes your natural abilities can turn into spiritual gifts. You need to realize that spiritual gifts are only spiritual gifts if the Spirit is flowing from them. Otherwise, it's just a natural gift. It might be a good work. But spiritual gifts only come from the Holy Spirit, and if they're only flowing from the Holy Spirit. So I want to turn our attention here. Before we do, let's pray. Father, Lord, I just ask this morning, Lord, that you just... Uh, Anoint me here to give the utterance to speak boldly your word, that there be anointed ears to hear your word and to go on good ground, Father. Uh, we bind any hindrance or distractions that try to come and disrupt here this morning. Uh, we, we, we bind the thief that tries to come and still see, still word, kill and destroy. Father, we are not thinking about tomorrow. Our focus is right here, right now. We receive with meekness the engrafted word that's able to save our souls. We thank you. Carefully give you the praise for all the fruit this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. Walk the line. Turn to your neighbor and say, walk the line. Walk the line. What I mean by that this morning, is this Johnny Cash? Oh, he's fixing to do some Johnny Cash. <laughs> Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. I've been in all black. I should have dressed up in black here this morning. No, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I want to turn our attention to there, to the New King James Version. Is it up on the board? Yes. Now concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant, uninformed, not know what's going on. And you will be that way if you do not read the scriptures in balance and rightly divide the word of truth. I'm careful about spiritual gifts. This is really the first time we really uh, here recently we talked about spiritual gifts, but going to in a depth teaching because I believe there's been so much abuse with spiritual, bless, uh, spiritual gifts. And if we don't watch out and we don't read the whole context of what spiritual gifts are, which are found in Romans chapter 12, Rome, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13 and 14, if you just read all of that, sometimes you don't get, get the complete thought of the Holy Spirit what the Spirit's trying to say. You might take one part and you, you run with that and you get out of balance and you're not walking the line. How many of you know that truth is like a road? And you're walking truth. narrows the path to life, broadens the path to destruction. But when you walk in that road, how many know there's ditches on each side of a road? And if you don't watch out, you can be in a ditch where you're like, everything's going, it's a free-for-all. And people are using their spiritual gifts but sometimes people want to move with God so bad that they manufacture spiritual gifts. 
and, and it's not spiritual because for it to be a spiritual gift, it always has to be for spirit flowing from the gift. And so sometimes I've been in church circles where everybody's prophesying, everybody's speaking in tongues, everybody's doing the sign gifts. And Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, that when you come to a meeting, in the context of a meeting, when you come together, that let two or three prophesy. Now I'm prophesying right now. You're hearing the words that are coming out. Prophesying is not just foretelling future. It's telling, it edifies, it exhorts, it builds up. So when, you, when you're really connected with the Lord and you're speaking God's word, you're prophesying. But Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 that the, the church, they were in spiritual gifts, but they were out of balance. They were in one ditch. And there was confusion there. It was out of order. He says, I would rather speak five words in understanding than 10,000 words in tongues. And what happens is people get out of balance and they get in that ditch and then it's not profiting the body when we come together because no one's understanding what's going on. No one knows when to say amen. And so we have to walk in balance. Now, people will take that and you see the out of balance in the churches today. They'll take that and they'll say, well, we won't do any spiritual gifts. They went away with apostles. I remember walking into church one time and I walked to the front door and right there on the big old sign it says, we do not speak in tongues. And so what's happening there is that's an abuse. That's not rightly dividing the word of truth. Studying you, showing yourself approved. We want to walk balanced, you know, in truth. We believe in the continuation of the gifts. We believe that you can speak in tongues. We believe they're given for tongues or to build you up. Really, the gift of tongues is to build you up, and you build yourself up with your most holy faith in privacy. There are tongues that are spoken in a time like right today, but Paul says, when you speak in tongues, let there be an interpreter, either the one who's speaking or someone in the congregation that can interpret it. Otherwise, don't say anything because they are not speaking to men, they're speaking unto God. And so nobody gets any profit out of it because they don't know what's going on. So what's happened, you got some people in this ditch, like it's a free-for-all. And there's no knowledge going out. There's no understanding going out. It's all gifts, and some gifts are not from God, and some gifts are from God. But there's no knowledge, and, and there's no understanding, and people don't grow. They tend, in those type of settings, they don't grow. They just kind of collect people. They get a core people, and they're just like a big bless-me club. And there's never any new believers coming in because they're like, woo, this is spooky, Right? Now, the gifts are not spooky when they're done through the Spirit. But when they're done out of the flesh, when you just want to move because you just want to move because the person next to you is moving, that's when it gets spooky. So we have to. We have to walk the balance. But then we don't want to. So Paul's telling them in 1 Corinthians 14, he says, you know, be in order. But he doesn't want to jerk them so hard out of that ditch that he jerks them over here in this ditch. And he says at the end of 1 Corinthians 14, he says, do not forbid tongues. Do not despise prophesying. Why did he say that? Because a lot of people do. They despise that. I, I, you know, I've been tempted sometimes where, you know, people come up and, you, you, you know, have you ever had somebody say something and it just comes out of left field and doesn't build you up? You know, prophecy ought to be confirming something that the Lord's already dealing with you on. But sometimes people can say some things out of tune, out of touch, and 
out of flesh. And maybe they got great intentions, but it can mess you up. So we want to be, we want to walk with a head on straight. Amen. We want to we walk balanced right down that road. We don't want to be in this ditch. We don't want to be in this ditch. We believe in the gifts. How would we describe our church? You know, people say, we're the non-denominational. They're wild over there. No, we're, <laughs> we're not. We're charismatic, but we're not charismaniacs. Okay? It's like uh, we put a seatbelt on, all right? <laughs> Conservative. Charismatics, that's what we are. But we still operate when God moves, as you've seen, in the Spirit and by the gifts of the Spirit when He decides to go and move. Right? And so we have to rightly divide the word of truth. So, with all that, I said all that to read this. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. So we need to, we need to always look at the word of God and rightly divide it. All right, let's look at uh, Romans. Um, instead of going to 1 Corinthians uh, and getting lost in all that, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, we'll, we're, we're gonna, you have to dissect this stuff. You have to milk it, all right? The milk of the Word, you grow by the milk of the Word, you got to milk it. To, to squeeze out and know, hey, what all the Spirit's having to say there, because you can get out of balance like that. What do you think we got denominations today? Because they're interpretations. We don't believe in the gifts. We believe a free-for-all, right? And that's not it. Do you think when we get to heaven that Jesus says, all right, Baptist over here, Methodist over here. <laughs> it's not that way. We're one body, one faith. But we wouldn't have that if we would just read it slowly and ask God to interpret it. And, and realize when you read Scripture, Scripture never contradicts Scripture. Never does. So if you got something you're looking at and you don't understand, you say, man, it seems like that contradicts it. It doesn't. Go find Scripture to back it up. All right, Romans chapter 1. We're going to talk about the term spiritual gifts is first used in Romans chapter 1. That word spiritual gifts. I'm going to read in the context of verse 8 and 9, but 11 and 12 is what I really want to look at and focus today. Paul, the apostle, is writing to the church at Rome. Let me say first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. Because your faith in him is being talked about all over the world. God knows how I pray for you day and night. And bring your knees to prayer to God, who I'm served with all my heart by spreading the good news about his son. Now, let's look at Romans chapter 1, 11 and 12. Now he says this, for I long, this is out of the NLT, for I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord when we get together. Stop right there. He says, Paul, the apostle Paul is saying to them, I want to come visit you, God willing. I desire to visit you that I might bring a spiritual gift that would strengthen you in the Lord. Now, that can be misleading. If you read the King James Version, it says that I may impart. Now, we have to rightly divide the Word of God. How do you do that? Because Scripture by Scripture. Interpret Scripture 
That's Scripture. Take Scripture and line it up with Scripture. How are we going to do that today? Because if you look at that, you think that Paul is saying that I'm going to come to Rome and I'm going to bring you a spiritual gift that I'm going to give you and you can operate in it. No. That's not what he's saying. Because look at, let's, let's interpret Scripture as Scripture. Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11. Is it up there? It is one and only what, church? Who does the distributing? Who distributes all what? How many gifts? All gifts. So, wait a second. Is is Paul distributing the gifts? See, if you read that, first time I read that years ago, I'm like, oh, okay. So, we have the ability to bring an impartation where people can receive a spiritual gift. No way saying right here. You go back. See, you take Scripture, you interpret Scripture with Scripture. So what I'm doing right here, I'm taking 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's talking about spiritual gifts. It says, one of the, it's the Spirit that distributes all these gifts. He alone, right? He decides which gift each person should have. So what, that's what we do. Anytime you've got something that you're trying to work through and you think, I don't really understand this, just go to the Word of God. It will never contradict itself. You can interpret Scripture with Scripture, and we need to do that. Now, let's go back to Romans chapter 1, verse 11, 12. So he says, For I long to visit you so I can bring a spiritual gift. You know what he's saying? The spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit has given to Paul. He's saying, I want to bring that the grace that God has given me that he's given me a spiritual gift. I want to bring the spiritual gift to you that you might what, church? Grow strong in who? Grow strong in the Lord. Grow strong in your faith. So there is why we are given spiritual gifts. The whole reason we're given spiritual gifts is not so we can just set ourselves up, puffed up, and say, okay, I'm this right here. I'm, you know, under this category. I can check that off, and I can check this off, and I'm a, you know, I've got wisdom. All right, and I'm a prophet, and I... Don't get hung up on the names, all right? Get hung up about what's going to develop people's faith. How am I going to strengthen other people's faith? So the whole reason that spiritual gifts are given is so that we can build somebody up. You're sitting here today and you're thinking, and the Lord, the Holy Spirit will bring somebody to your remembrance, or maybe you'll you'll run into somebody, and they're down in their faith. Their faith is in jeopardy. What do you do? Then you sit there and think, do I have something that can help them out? Do I have a gift that I can help them out? Before you even know the category, before you even take the test, the Holy Spirit is giving you gifts, and you don't have to know the category to operate in them. You just help build someone's faith, and whatever you're helping them build their faith in, you can usually line it back up with what your spiritual gift is. How are you helping people? You know, maybe, maybe you're... Uh, run into somebody who's new in town and they first moved here and they, they don't have any friends, they don't know anybody, and, and you invite them to lunch or you invite them to their house and, you know, encourages them, builds them up, you know, they're happy. Maybe you have the gift of hospitality, right? Maybe you see a need. You hear a need in the church. You hear a need in the community and, and people need help with something and, and you just have that in you. I want to go help those people. Maybe you have the gifts of helps. 
See, use whatever you have to build the faith of someone else. That's a spiritual gift. It, listen, we, need, we desire spiritual gifts, right? Paul says desire spiritual gifts. But here's something we need to desire, that we're building someone else's faith up. See, spiritual gifts are to be given, not hoarded. Just keep them, right? Remember Brent talking about the talent? I just get mine. Hit it. No, use it. It's used to be given to others to build someone up, strengthen them up. Maybe they're going through a storm. Maybe their faith's low. And what do you do? You come along and you give them a word, encouragement. You give them a scripture. You give something. You're your witness. You testify. You know, when you have people come out down here and they testify and tell you how the Lord has given them, he has taken them and, and, and grown them or, or delivered them or, or done something for them. How many of your spirits are just lifted up? How many of your spirits are you just like lifted up and you're happy and you feel encouraged and you're like, well, hey, if he did it for them, he'll do it for me, right? That's, that is God. That's the Holy Spirit using the Spirit through your gifting, right? And you can't sit there and just brag about it. You just just have the gift and use it, whatever God gives you. Praise the Lord. So we interpret Scripture with Scripture. There's a catechism of, the, of Christianity that we need to know rightly divide the word of truth and walk in all these things. So we need to walk in spiritual gifts, but we'll learn in a few weeks, not out of order. As the Holy Spirit leads us, prompts us, nudges us, tells us go do that i've had that happen i've had i've had i remember one time this is years ago i was young man i was eating me and dana were eating in a restaurant here in town and i saw this guy just working he's busting tables i mean he was just busting them right and uh you know i was self-employed at the time and um i did air conditioning work and i had a little cash on me you know with air conditioning work back in the day was, you know, feast or famine. Chicken or feathers is what we would say. Because <laughs> during the hot, when you're making hay, during the hot part of the season, but wintertime, nobody cares, right? <laughs> it's cold, we'll turn the oven on. We don't need our units fixed. So I think it was a time I had a $100 bill in my pocket, and, you know, I was like, I need that thing right now, you know. <laughs> and I looked, and the Holy Spirit just said, that man over there busting tables, go over here and say, give him that and say, hey, I, just, I see your hard work. And just give him the, the Holy Ghost handshake, right? You know, don't just present it out here and say, Ooh, just hand it to him, you know, and tell him that the Lord wanted you to give him that. And so I walked over to him and, and um, I said, hey, young man, I just, I've been seeing you working here and, and just working hard. And I don't know if you believe in this or not, but God told me to give you this this money right here and I had already given it to him and and you could tell his whole <laughs> he's about to tear up you know and he saw me about to tear up and uh so that's that's that is building people up but how did that happen because the Holy Spirit told me that he spoke to me that and how do I know the Holy Spirit spoke that to me because I want to say get behind me Satan <laughs> I want to keep this $100 bill. It's hard to get this thing, right? But praise God, that's how he does. And don't be fearful of going out and doing that and, and, and planting seed 
You know, someone plants, someone waters, and God gives the increase. But we got to be willing to plant seed. We got to be willing to build other people's faith up. So don't just look at and get hung up on the, the names of the gifts like a checklist, but am I using, am I building other people's faith up? And here's the beautiful part about it. Look at verse 12. He says, when we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. So here's the thing. When you use your spiritual gift, you know how you know it's your spiritual gift? It's because not only are you building someone else's faith, it's building you up. It's encouraging you. You're getting fulfillment out of it. Brother Larry. Larry, raise your hand right there. Man, I tell you what. Larry, we need a pl- we had property, but we need a building out there, and we needed more property. And we, I went to the city, and I don't have the gift of just going there and diplomacy and telling you. Know, I'm like, hey, we're building this. Like it or not. But we needed more land, and Larry went, and and listen, he's got that gift of administration, and just not offending people. I can offend people on an email, all right? (laughs) And I would read his emails back and forth, and I said, oh, can I get that done if necessary? I can, but I'm not gifted that way. But he's so gifted that way. And I don't enjoy doing that. But many times we're out there on the property because I just enjoy doing this. Why? Because he's been gifted that way. The Holy Spirit has gifted him that way, given him that gift. So whatever you get joy, you're going to be encouraged. Like Paul says, when I come and I share my my gift with you, then I'm also going to be encouraged. How you build someone up and encourage someone is going to build you up. It's going to bring you fulfillment. That's the wonderful thing about spiritual gifts. It's going to bring you fulfillment. It's going to bring you joy. Hallelujah. So our desire is to build people up, is to use our spiritual gifts to, to help people that are, that are maybe fallen, discouraged, build them up. Our prayer, should, we should wake up in the morning and say, Lord, thank you for my salvation. Now give me opportunity to build someone's faith up today. Let someone cross my path that I can encourage that they believe even more in you, that they believe the promises of God are yes and amen. Lord, use me as a chosen vessel today and bring glory to you. Thank you, Father, for the grace you've given me that I can share the grace with others that might bring glory to God. See, it's not about bringing glory to us. It's about bringing glory to God. Praising God. Let me make this statement. God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. If you don't know that, look here. Chief of ordinary. I'm a simple man. I didn't start preaching until I was 40 years of age. Why? Because Dana would say, hey, I believe that you got a gift you ought to preach. I'm like, no. I like my own company. I don't need to talk to anybody. I'd rather just sit and, you know, in the natural, and I'm like, you know, I, I enjoy my own company. When she told me about that, and, and Laura was, started dealing with me on that, I was in a Sunday school class, and they had 
teacher got out and they wanted me to teach. And I'm like, oh, Lord. Where I was at, it was doctors and lawyers and attorneys, and, and here I am. And I'm going to teach these guys. But it's the Holy Spirit I found out. First thing, the principle that the Lord brought me was in John 14, 26. He says, the Holy Spirit would teach you all things and give you members of all things. You know, it's not always the people in the know or the most talented. It's the one who is willing vessel to be able to use God uses his spirit through them. Amen. And I've said this a hundred million times, that God can use a donkey. Right. Amen. And that keeps you humble. <laughs> right? Because sometimes you can look at yourself and say, hmm, I am that donkey today. <laughs> God can use ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Don't sit here and tell me this morning that you can't go encourage someone, that you can't build someone up. That's the Apostle Paul. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Of course he's going to build someone up. No, you can build someone up by the power and the Spirit of God through you. He uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Let's look at Acts chapter 4. Before we read this, Acts 4, 13 through 14, what's happening here to bring in context? Peter and James are going to the temple to pray. It's the ninth hour. They see a man who's been lame at the gate beautiful. He's been there all his life. They bring him there and they put him in the front. He's, he's begging for alms. And Peter walks up and he sees this man sitting there. And he says, look at us. And the man expects to receive something from him. And what he looks at him, and this is what Peter says. Silver and gold I do not have. My wife's got that. <laughs> no. <laughs> but what I do have, what I do have, what I do have, I give to thee. Rise up in the name of Jesus and walk. Church, you have something to give. Amen. Amen. You have got a deposit down inside you. A treasure in this earthly vessel. You have something to give to somebody. God will lead you. You might walk out here today. You might be in a restaurant today. You know, tell them where you're at today. And there's someone that needs encouraging. And God will quicken your spirit and tell you to do that. And don't be fearful. Just step out in faith. Paul says, I'm coming with faith so I can build up your faith. And at the same time after it's all over, I'll be encouraged. I'll be fulfilled. We need to do the same thing. So, so he heals this man, Jesus does. And they, they, he rises up and begins walking. And he's jumping in joy in the Sanhedrin. See it. And they call him out on the carpet. Because 5,000 people get born again because of this miracle. Because of that spiritual gift working through Peter. And they arrest them, Peter and John. But look at what, look what, Acts 4, 13, 14. Lord, years ago showed me this when I was first starting off, and I was like, this brought me great hope and confidence. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained man, men, they marveled. 
You grasp a hold of that? When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and saw that they were uneducated, untrained, didn't go to seminary. All right? Look what happens. They realized that they had been with what? They realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. Do people look at you and know that you've been with Jesus? Do people look and say, hey, that man, that woman, that child, that person has been with Jesus. The more time you spend in the presence of Jesus, the more you'll become like Jesus. But you got to get in his presence. It's not just a head full, it's a heart full. It's not just getting into just the knowledge and, you know, uh, theology and all that, which is good, but it's just being in the presence of Jesus. It's spending time with Jesus. It's praying unto Jesus. It's praying and, 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 and praying and seeking him and asking him and having a relationship with him, having a conversation with him. Then the Holy Spirit can show you things to come. He's done that many times. Then they'll be driving down the road and says, you know what? Someone will pop up in her mind she hadn't seen in 20 years. And, and the next thing, you know, we say, we'll pray about it. We'll go in the store. And there they are. And they got a need. See, in the last days, my spirit will, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your daughter shall prophesy. Sons have dreams, visions, old men, right? That's the Spirit of God. But you know what? That doesn't come just, you know, reading the Bible like, okay, I'm going to read it all here in the air. But, you know, that's good, but do you get anything out of it? Is the Bible reading you? Are you, are you, you know, are you dissecting it? Are you taking every word? Are you, are you looking at the word? And that's how I do. I don't, I don't just sit there and just pour through, you know, next chapter, next chapter, next chapter, like as a checklist. I'll, I'll take one scripture and just dissect it. And when you do, that's getting in the presence of God because He is the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word is with God. Jesus is the Word. And that word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And it can divide the spirit and the soul of the man. It can, it can change your soul. It can transform your mind. It can renew your mind. It can prove the perfect will and acceptable will of God. That word, if it gets in there. God wants to use ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Peter and James, are, John, they're fishermen. Fishermen, you had tax collectors. Think about all the, the disciples. Think about what, who he chose. You know how the world would look at that? They'd say, loser, 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 thief. Come on with me. Judas was a thief, but he chose him. He had a purpose. Praise God. He wants to use us. To do extraordinary things. If we will just yield to that spirit and don't 
You know, don't, get, don't, don't just run to commentaries and don't just run to denominations and they say, well, this guy right here said that the gifts went out with the apostles, so I don't believe. <laughs> when you get sick, you want a miracle. Amen. That kind of thinking will keep you sick. Amen. That, that, when your fat gets in the fire, you don't know where to go to. <laughs> Why would God give you all these promises and then take them away. As we learn, 1 Corinthians 13, when that which is perfect has come, that's where cessationists, that's where they think that's all been done away. They talk about the scriptures coming. As the canon of the scriptures come complete, then that the, all tongues and, and miracles and all the sign gifts and knowledge, I think we still need knowledge today, right? Amen. All that's going to go away with the apostles. We'll go away with the scriptures, the, the canon of the scriptures. But that which is perfect has come. You got to stay balanced. That's Jesus. Because yeah. we know in part, we prophesy in part. But that which is perfect who comes. Then we won't have to have it because we'll be with Jesus and we'll see him as he is and know ourselves as him. Do you want to be used today? Do you want to use your, spirit, your spiritual gift? Just start, looking, just start looking where you can help people build their faith. We've been given such great and exceedingly, such great and precious promises that we become, can become partakers of the divine nature. You get to reign with God. You get to participate with God. Church should never be just a, a spectator. We just watch. There's just a few chosen, and we just watch. No, we're all the body. We all have our functions. We're all working. And if one's not working, the body is <laughs> lacking. We're all working together. We're all using our functions. We're all working as one. You've got to have the eyes to see where to go. You've got to have the feet to go. We, we, we're all important we all have important parts how we're going to build up how we're going to build up one another how we're going to build up and, and reach the loss how we're going to be how can we walk in love with one another if we're always bitter and, and divisive in our churches how's the world going to want a part of that they want to see something different and they'll see something different when the church is edified walking in their spiritual gifts and building one another up then they'll see the love and Jesus says, you, they will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. See, that's going to be weeks can come because we can, have the, we can have the gifts but not walking in love. Faith to move mountains, but no love. It's like what? Gong. We're going to learn that here. Praise God. Let's all stand to our feet. No. Stay seated. Hugo. Come here, young man. Brent did something amazing this week. He put just a little old question on Luke and says, I want 10 of you to encourage on this certain day, uh, encourage, that encourage the body of what the Lord has done, just a testimony. And man, I started, Brent, I started reading some of these guys. I'm like, 
man, they need to start giving their, their notes for me to preach with. <laughs> it's just wonderful. And so I want him to come down. He shared something that just blessed me. I want him to go ahead and share. Let's go ahead and turn that up. Is it on? Test, test. Test, we on? It's on. Oh yeah? <laughs> here, we'll do we'll do it together. Here. <laughs> All right. Good morning, church. Uh, for those who don't know me, my name is Hugo Rivera. Um, my family and I are very excited and, and happy to have uh, the ch church buddy. And um, it's it's been amazing. It's been amazing. Uh, we moved from uh, Houston about ten months ago, and uh, it's been a blessing. Our life had changed so much, and because of uh, the goodness of the Lord, I just want to uh, praise the Lord uh, for all the things He has done in my life. And um, uh, so, I just want to share something about um, uh, it was uh, it was through perseverance uh, what the Lord had been working in my life for a long time, and He has done it to uh, through like friends and family, and through animals. Now that we live in a ranch, and uh, and this time He did it through uh, a tree, you know. Uh, uh, so eight months ago, uh, we were working in these uh, fruit trees, and uh, I just noticed that one of them, well, a lot of them, they were uh, dying, and and I was like, uh, and they were completely, like, to my eyes, they looked dead, right? So I was like, how about if we just do something to this tree? So, and I even transplanted the tree, the tree to another uh, spot, and and I was just praying for like two weeks. I was just going back and forth, like, to check on the trees and, and how he was doing, and and uh, it was a pear tree. But then uh, I just noticed that little by little, you know, I even add like some of our, our stuff. We put like we use a uh, rabbit poop has a fertilizer and that worked very well. So like just what Pastor Arthur said, like the Lord can use anything, you know. So uh, in like three uh, weeks, uh, I noticed that it was coming back to life. And I was like, praise the Lord. And then, so, uh, yeah, I was just praying and, and, and I was just pouring water to this tree. And, and, and I think that's all it needs. But then... Uh, uh, I realized that that's something we can do in, in our dailies, right? So, like, as we walk in the Lord, like, we can uh, choose, uh, spend time for those people that need to grow, that the, for those that need uh, to hear the Lord's uh, yeah. goodness. And, and the more we spend, the more, the, more, the more we spend time with those people in need. Or just like you said, uh, how to share the, the, uh, the Lord's goodness uh, in many ways. You never know how the Lord can use your, your heart to uh, uh, glorify His name. So, I think... I just, uh, I love the fact how he used this as, as a perfect example, how we can put it in practice uh, outside and uh, just be, uh, just be intentional, you know, like uh, keep up. Uh, I, I said, uh, uh, there's nothing better to be a, a vessel full of, full of water, uh, but also be ready to pour it out. And just the fact that uh, I saw it in this tree, uh, you know, I poured the water out through a few, uh, few weeks. I saw it like growing back. And now I post a picture and, and loop, and now the fruit, the fruit tree has fruit already. Amen. So it's just beautiful. So, yeah. Amen. That's so good. Praise God. Thank you, Hugo. That is so good. Someone plants. Someone waters. And who gets the glory? Because he does the what? He does the growing. Thank you. Now you can stand to your feet. Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. 
And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon.